Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Oh, goodness, we have an incredible episode, one of my favorite conversations that I've had as we welcome a talented, talented actor from Cary, Ireland, Timothy V. Murphy. When it comes to chatting about Timothy's career, it's not a question of if you've seen him on screen, but how many times and in which show or movie you've seen him. Timothy has had roles in notable shows such as Hawaii Five-0, Shameless, Quantico, 24, Nip Tuck, Six Feet Under, True Detective, Westworld, Criminal Minds, the list goes on. He's perhaps best known for his spectacular portrayal as Galen O'Shea in Sons of Anarchy. He played a terrific villain, one of those that is equal parts terrifying but also fascinating. When it comes to movies, he has shared screen time with all of Hollywood's elite. His film credits include The Lone Ranger, MacGruber, Appaloosa, where he was alongside Ed Harris. Timothy's also been in National Treasure Book of Secrets, American Siege with Bruce Willis. If you check out his IMDb, he's got 10 upcoming projects. He's one of those actors who just instantly steals the scenes. He has a great voice, whether it's in one of the many accents he's skilled at, especially Russian, or his native Irish. You just really can't take your eyes off him. Makes for a great hero, but I, I really enjoy him most when he's playing that villain role. On today's conversation, we talk a little about everything, and we clicked so well that during the interview, I was surprised that I'd only just met him because it felt like we were exchanging stories like old high school buddies. On today's conversation, Timothy chats about how he first fell into acting and how it was a beer commercial that kickstarted the career, something that while doing the commercial, he was like, yeah, this is the life I want. Timothy also chats about his tenacity. With as many screen credits as he has, he's always hustling, always working. He loves his job, but he's also got a bit of Irish stubbornness that pushes him on. Timothy and I also discuss his creativity and how he gets himself in the right mentality for a new role. That, and we also chat about books, travel, whiskey. I mean, three of my favorite things to talk about. You can't go wrong on that. Just an awesome, awesome human and easily one of my favorite conversations of the year. So, so honored to have him on the show. And I have to mention, during our conversation... Timothy brought up McConnell whiskey. It is an Irish whiskey that he's in partnership with. And on the episode, he talks about sending me a bottle. Well, he did. Coincidentally, it arrived on my birthday. It was first founded in 1776. It's my new favorite Irish whiskey. And I'm actually having a nice glass right now. Hopefully the microphone picked that up. Oh, you know what? You are absolutely going to love Timothy. Wonderfully talented actor and even better raconteur. He's got stories to tell. And I am thankful I had the opportunity to hear him. Learned so much from him fascinating human. Gosh, I could keep going on and on, but enough of me. Let's bring him on. So let's welcome talented actor Timothy Murphy, and let's learn. Randall, how are you? I'm wonderful. Hello. You in uh, California? I am in my backyard. Thank you for joining me. I love it, and I love anyone that likes travel and that likes meeting new people and, and hearing about other people's lives, because I'm exactly the same myself. And you've lived a full life and I feel I can learn a lot from you and I'm excited to chat. And it was actually funny because right before we're chatting, I'm watching 
some of the YouTube of you as Coughlin in Westworld. Just a fantastic character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then oh. it was over as soon as I started, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with your career because what I was really interested to hear about was that you were an accounting major in college in Ireland. So how did you first find yourself in the world of acting? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have any interest in accounting or law. I, I got a business degree was just the thing to do at the time, you know. Um, but the, the first year in college, I did a general arts degree, modern history, and, and that has stuck with me since. I love history and, and all that. Um, as far as acting goes, I had a very bad stammer, stutter. As a kid, I could hardly talk until I was about 16. And then I talked quite slowly with, with a very good teachers. Uh, but acting, um, I was working with the roofing, Irish roofing gang down in, uh, down in Florida. Uh, and um, this is the 80s, I suppose. And um, this girl I was dating, she would work with a, a talent agency. And they were looking for a guy that looked like James Dean for this Molson beer commercial. And at the time, I, was, I, I looked like James Dean. I, there's, <laughs> photos, there's photos online and I looked the spit of him. So I got the job and it was really humid in the Art Deco uh, area in where they were filming in, uh, in, in South Beach, is it, or in Miami. And um, I had to be taken out of the room every, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and these beautiful Hispanic girls would surround me and powder me down and put back my wife beater on. And I said, if this is acting, I'm getting into this, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then I, I did some classes in, in Miami, and I really liked it. And then I heard of a great coach back in Ireland Deirdre O'Connell, she was a widow of one of, uh, of Luke Kelly, who was a f in a famous traditional kind of Irish ballad group way back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, that called the Dubliners. But she was quite a famous woman, Deirdre. Uh, uh, um, what's his name? The guy in Take and uh, uh, Liam Neeson yeah. and Gabriel Byrne would have gone through there before me. And... Um, because there weren't, there weren't many formal acting schools in Ireland at the time. So if you wanted to go do something, usually you went into theatre, went into the focus. And, and she was from the actor studio in, in New York. She had trained over there. So she did Stanislavski studio. And, and that's where I trained for a couple of years. And, uh, and then got into TV and film and theatre after that, you know. Incredible beginning. And again, if, if I had that experience, yeah, I would say, yeah, this is a career I want to do. And if this is what it means to be an actor and doing a beer commercial. One thing I love about you is that your tenacity, you have so many different projects. You look at your credits and multiple projects per year. Mentally, how do you keep yourself in the right frame of mind to keep up the grind the way you do? Yeah, well, you see, a, a lot of people see the, the, you know, the beautiful pictures of of a tiny little majority of people going to these award ceremonies and they're all multimillionaires, you know? But the, and you know, if you're a creative person, you don't go into my business to make money. So you're not a businessman or anything, or you, you're not, that's not your drive, you know? So, um, but you have to make money, you know? And I, I've been fortunate that I, I have made money, not, not millions of dollars, but, uh, and it's always, uh, I mean, every actor, even talking to Ed Harris, once Ed finishes a job and, you know, he's, he's made lots of money, obviously. He still worries where the next job is coming from. The tenacity right now to keep going and to, you know, is I have a family to feed. I have two kids and a wife and uh, 
I have to make money. So uh, you see a lot of different credits and a lot of different jobs, but I hate not working. Uh, if any job comes along, unless it's really bad or whatever, and if it pays a decent amount of money where I can uh, feed my family or just survive, basically, as, as a creative person, I will do it, you know. So you do see a lot of credits. I mean, if, if I was offered a million dollars to do a, a Spielberg movie, I'd obviously take that, you know, maybe not work for a year or two, you know, so yeah. I just have to keep working to feed my kids, basically, you know. But I imagine from what I know about you, you enjoy that. You enjoy being busy. Oh, I love it. I mean, uh, as, as an act, I love my job. It's, it, there's no job in the world like it when you're working, when you're doing it, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, even though initially I... I my first time on stage, I thought I was going to die. I, I thought I dysentery. I, I, I wanted to get sick. I was nervous. I was like, you know, and uh, I just barreled my way through that. You know, I'm, I'm one of those Irish guys that says, fuck it, you know. If, if you make something hard, it's a challenge. I'm going to see if I can do it, you know. I, I, one, one time I did, somebody dared me to do a 10-day silent meditation retreat. I mean, I'd never done yoga, meditation, anything. like. And uh, I went off and did it. It was one of the toughest things I ever did, but uh, I got through it, you know. So how long were you quiet for? Oh, fuck it. Uh, sorry, my, my, oh, my you're language. But, you're fine. Uh, Cuss away. I love it. Great. Um, <laughs> it's how we speak in Ireland. Of course. Uh, it was uh, 10 days. It's called this Vipassana meditation. Now, Obviously, I was single at the time because if I said to my wife and kids, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going off to meditate for 10 days to leave you guys. And uh, I, I wouldn't be allowed to do that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, good luck, guys. I'm, I'm off. Yeah, yeah, good luck. Exactly. <laughs> good luck is right. No, you're not. So, yeah. <laughs> so what about creativity? With all the roles that you've taken, oftentimes different accents. So for you, when you start a new role, what's the creative process like in, in the preparation phase? Um. I usually like I, I in doing independent movies in particular any movies like it's I, I love doing movies because and and theater of course uh, I think theater and movies are more similar than TV TV is different you know you go in for a few episodes you know you, you're uh, uh, you're not told a lot about the character or anything and uh, hopefully you have an audition because if you have an audition it takes the pressure off because you auditioned they they see what you can do and that's what they want but very often and, and it happens a lot now you you get offered a job so the first day on set you're thinking uh you know is, is this gonna work or not are they gonna be happier or not i mean i i did a, a job recently um not too long ago and oh I, I auditioned for this one and i did it in a russian accent and uh, i'm on the set down in friggin mexico and I, you know, I'm rehearsing the scene uh, with, uh, with with the other actor, and um, I do it in my in, in my Russian accent, which I've done a bunch of times. And it's a different movement. You, you say about a character, yeah. It's not just the accent. The accent causes a movement in the body because it all has to blend in together, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and then the director comes up and he says, uh, "You know, you're doing this in an Irish accent." I said. <laughs> No fucking way, I said. No, nobody told me. So it's the change of, of headspace, of, of the way you say it, and your body movements even. So, yeah. Uh, but, but that is the creative thing with me. I, I love doing, I, I love history, and I love research. I, I'm very, very, like yourself, very interested in, in people from other places with different experiences. So for me to get a chance to play someone 
from another place with another accent, it, it actually, I find it freeing as a person and freeing as an actor. And uh, I feel less self-conscious sometimes, most of the time when I'm not playing uh, uh, myself, basically. You know, so. Very cool. Very cool. When you go into a new role and a new headspace, I know a lot of emotions involved. So how far do you take it? If you're going a Russian character, I've talked to other actors who will listen to Russian music, maybe go to Russian restaurants. So for you, what's that process? No, I don't. I mean, I don't go that far in because okay. I haven't time now with the wife and kids and everything. But uh, if, when I was single more so, but I, I have, you know, I, I usually will talk to a person from that area or contact. I have a very good Russian friend, and he's a great actor. And uh, and if, if I needed uh, if I needed his accent, which I really don't anymore because I've done it so many times, but uh, I would call him. He would say my lines into a tape, and I would kind of base the character somewhat even on him as a person and the way he talks. You know, so yeah. It's interesting too. In the places that I've traveled, I love Russia. I could always understand the accents, but my time in Ireland. That was the most challenging time is understanding the accent. And even though they were speaking English, I kept saying, pardon, pardon, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, because they talk quite fast. Even where I'm from, like down in County Kerry, um, where I was doing, what was it? National Treasure 2. And Michael Mays, who was acting with me in it, he, he said he'd like to see Ireland. So we, we'd, uh, I think a week off, I said, come over to Ireland. You can stay with us. And, and, and uh, I brought him down to a little fishing village and... Uh, all the fishermen were talking, you know, and they, they were, they were, you know, offloading their, their catch for the day. And uh, even though it was in a Gaeltacht area where they would normally speak uh, Irish, they were actually speaking English. But Michael was sure that they were speaking Irish because he, he hadn't a clue what they were saying. Especially after a few whiskeys as well. That was, I think, that might have been the problem when it, for me. It was enhanced. Oh, definitely. Even when I'm over there, like, uh, not too much Ireland, but... If the Scots, I mean, who, I if, if the, I was working in an Irish bar one time, this Scottish guy from Glasgow was in, and the more drink he got, I mean, I had no clue what he was saying. You know? Yeah. Now, recently, you were in an amazing place. You've been filming in Montana. And I got to say, you looked right at home on a horse. So how was that experience? Um, that was amazing. Yeah. I love Montana. It was my first time there. I'm very much attracted to as an actor and even as a person as you know a man alone in the wilderness or you know i i love i did a movie about a farmer a number of years ago and we're trying to develop it into a feature uh, looms was the name of it but uh, i love westerns i grew up in westerns you know cowboys and indians we would be i mean we'd, we'd no no kind of machines to look at like uh, or anything so We'd, we'd hide behind old derelict houses and play, or should I say cowboys and Native Americans, yeah. but then we'd call it <laughs> cowboys and Indians, you know. Uh, and um, so I love Westerns, love Clint Eastwood, uh, you know, the John Wayne, uh, um, you know, uh, Tarantino's latest ones. Uh, so, uh, but anything outdoorsy or the, a, man in, a man in the wilderness, like that old movie, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, The Revenant, uh, you know, all those kind of things I, 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 I'm drawn to. And I love animals. I love riding horses. I don't get to do it a lot, uh, only when I'm preparing for a role, obviously. But uh, recently, I've been, I've been going up and 
uh, I've got to know these uh, vets, you know, that they, they were in the, the, the army, the Marines and the Navy, and uh, they, they run uh, horse uh, equine therapy for uh, veterans with PTSD. Warriors Road is the name of them, and uh, uh, I've been going out riding with them, and it's great fun. So what are some of the other locations that you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, that was, that was a brilliant day. I'd love to go back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I did a, I did a character one time in, I've done, I must say, I've done not to say this is a bad movie or anything, but I've, I've, I've played great characters in movies that haven't been seen much, you know, <laughs> or that might not be great movies, but I've had great characters. And I remember one such project was ambush at dark Canyon, I think was the name of it. And, uh, uh, oh, this is, um, there was a country western singer in this. Uh, uh, Randy Hauser was one okay. singer, and but uh, Kix Brooks was the lead guy in it. And I, but I played the warden of Yuma State Penitentiary, and it's actually a, a real place, yeah. and it's in Yuma, Arizona. And to be walking through that yard and giving my speech dressed the way I was. I love playing that character. I thought it was great, you know, so, yeah. I got to tell you, my first semester of college, my first year, I played college football in Yuma at the, at the no community way. college. I swear. <laughs> True story. <laughs> That's amazing. What did you think of those amazing games this weekend? I've seen nothing like it. I was expecting the last game, the Kansas City and Buffalo Bills. I wasn't paying much heed to it at all. I went into an Irish bar to have a pint of Guinness, and I, oh, it was one of the best games I've ever seen. You know, they talk about having a jaw drop moment. I literally had like one and it was like, this, is this really happening? This it was, it was brilliant. <laughs> oh yeah. And to see the, like I was near Buffalo fans and cause I'm neutral basically. But, so in Buffalo and Kansas city and they both separately thought they'd won it and then they'd lost yeah, it. It was, yeah. it was so funny looking at the faces. Yeah. Which is why when my team plays, I can't do it in public. I have to be at home because of that just emotional roller coaster, I got to be at home. So when that, I'm an Eagles fan, so when they won a few years ago, it was just traumatizing for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been seen on screen in so many different shows. I'm sure people are like, what's my favorite role that you've been in? Which is the one that you hear the most from fans when they meet you and they say, oh, I love you in this? Yeah, the, it, I suppose the two iconic ones really that I get most uh, recognition from would be The Sons of Anarchy and Criminal Minds. Mm -hmm. And then... There's a certain little strong gang also uh, who saw me kissing Jane Fonda in Grace and Frankie, I think. And then, of course, the, the little ones then would be Westworld, but that was only a couple of episodes, and then uh, True Detective. But, uh, the, and I mean, I, I could name a million of them, as you said, lots. I've, I've done all, all those shows. But I think the Sons of Anarchy and uh, and Criminal Minds because I had longer runs. Yeah, you gotta tell me more about kissing Jane Fonda. I mean, that to me would be the hallmark of my career. That was iconic. All right, I mean, she's <laughs> such a lovely, lovely person, and you know, with great value, you know, great values, uh, great strength of mind, and uh, and stands by her values even when maybe even the majority of the country are against what she's saying, but yeah. she, she feels strongly. And I, I admire people like that who are brave and uh, they'll stand by their values. Whether you agree with them or not, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, 
they're not afraid to, you know, stand by what they think is right, you know, or what they think is good, you know. So. You're going to inspire me to go watch Barbarella, I think. So just uh... I know, I mean, wasn't she? And Clute <laughs> and all that. She was just beautiful and amazing and an amazing actress, you know. So, uh, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was great fun actually doing that. Uh, yeah, I must say. How about role that you're the most proud that you took? On stage, I did a stage play one time here. And we kind of, uh, it was uh, The Lonesome West by, by uh, Martin McDonough with a friend of mine, Kevin Kearns. And uh, I thought that was an amazing, amazing production. And we, we had a big Irish community go to it here and uh, everybody was talking about it afterwards. So that was a great buzz, I must say, actually. And um, the, uh, what else? I love that that character in Ambush at Dark Canyon, you know, I love playing that character. Uh, uh, when Ed Harris called me, I remember many years ago now, uh, we'd worked together on National Treasure 2, but he called me, I think Labor Day, and um, I had auditioned for Appaloosa, that Western Appaloosa, and uh, he said, you got the part. And I must say, I was over the moon uh, when I heard that, yeah during the last couple of years, I know that you are someone who does like to work. When everything was on pause and there was so much uncertainty and doubt in your life, how did you handle the emotional challenges that came with that? Um, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things changed. Uh, um, I didn't mind the kind of being here in the house of my wife and kids. I didn't, I, I, it was a good chance to be with the kids and to be with the family and everything. So, and as an actor, as well as that, you're used to uncertainty. You're used to not working. Maybe not as long and not as much gaps as that, but you're, in, you're, you're kind of mentally prepared for, thing, uh, for not working. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I would say, you know, I took a big hit financially. And, the, you know, Black Lives Matter then came in as well, of course, and, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, you had the pandemic, and then you, you had... Uh, you know the 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 um, the anger about, about you know uh, black people uh, and police brutality and all that, and um, I I had a big uh, a commercial campaign in England at the time, and that was paying me a nice bit of money. So it was, uh, I must say, it was a nice cushy job, and actors don't get them very often, you know. But it it put a nice base. But um, they, uh, you know, even though we got on great and everything. They, in the middle, just after the riots in L.A. or just about that time, I think everybody was looking to, uh, to uh, the, well, I got the excuse from the company that they were looking to be more inclusive. So um, they hired, uh, I think, a young black girl instead of me to be the, the face of their, uh, their company. So uh, that, 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 that was um, that, that was that affected me financially, I must say. But, uh, you know. Uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. So, but but um, the uncertainty and everything was fine. Uh, not being able to see my family in Ireland was was tough. I buried my father uh, just before the pandemic, and I want to see my family. I think for two and a half years now. I, I'm hoping to see them this year, actually. So, uh, yeah. My family's from North England, Yorkshire area, and I was just there for Christmas and. Everything got canceled there when we were there because they had a, a secondary like lockdown come through a phase and everyone I was ready to go visit and they're like, yeah, you know, you got to come back some other time. It's like I hadn't seen them in a year, but they're like, you got to, you know, you can't come right now. God, 
I, I love the Yorkshire people. I love people from the north of England there. You know, I, I did Lady Chatterley's Lover one time and I played Mellors on stage. I think that's Derbyshire, you know, but not, not too far away. You know? yeah, so, yeah. But, and uh, I, I had, uh, what was her name? Yeah, what was her name? The, she, she played a, a feed, the female Doctor Who recently. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm forgetting her name now, but she's, she's, she's a Yorkshire girl and she's lovely, you know. So. Wonderful. Great. We, we've got that. Yeah. You know, I did some time in Liverpool as well. So I, we got the whole Irish connection a little bit with the North. Yeah. At, le at least oh, we're not yeah. the South. We're not the South. That's all that matters. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> with everything, seeing how things were shut down and what is the biggest life lesson you picked up from last year? It doesn't even have to be related to acting. Just the biggest life lesson. The biggest life lesson. Jeez. Um, I think people, uh, uh, People need to go back to being kind to each other. The, the, the biggest qualities for me in any person, I, I'm, I'm not a big, you know, I love courage and everything, but that's not really, that doesn't do it for me. I think kindness and empathy. And I wish, you know, people love taking stances and they take their stances and you're wrong and we're right. And it's getting more and more. It's getting worse and worse. I, you know, they, they're definitely... People are taking camps. They're not willing to talk to each other rationally, sit down and have a conversation. You're either, you know, people are being labeled, you know, e even the, 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 you know, every one of these movements were justified, you know, like uh, the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter movement, you know, all these very, very important things needed to happen. Uh, but people then started calling each other out. You're, you're a certain type of person. You're this, you're... People try to label each other and try to... What is it? The cancel culture. I hate that crap because now everybody is really afraid to have their own opinion or have their own uh, uh, feelings because if they put them out on, to the public or online, they could be, you know... Uh, Kill, I know I won't say yeah. kill, but yeah. lambasted. Yeah, just a headline, a big headline. This oh, person yeah. said that, yeah. And can you believe they said yeah. that? And without even speaking to them, you are understanding them. Maybe they, they, they you know. Uh, but I don't like that cancel culture. I don't like, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's very bad for comedy, very bad for sarcasm, very bad for, you know. So, and the Irish, I mean, we're, we're a perfect example of, of, of a people who, laugh in the face of adversity so if we can make a joke i mean yeah so yeah which is one thing i love about my time in ireland i know that you like to study like research like history so most memorable book you've read over the last several years i suppose there's two of them there was the way back in the 80s i, I read a book uh, by bernal diaz about the conquest called the conquest of mexico and mm -hmm. he was a conquistador with with uh, with cortez and he went all the way from Veracruz up to uh, Mexico City, which was Tenochtitlan. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. And uh, so um, that was, I found that history just amazing altogether. Uh, and then I got another book uh, in the 80s from a girl, uh, a, gir a girlfriend of mine, uh, uh, a more modern take on it, but it didn't change. You know, it's still the same things uh, about the conquest of, of Mexico and of Peru, the conquistadors again. And then uh, recently there, there, there was a book, what was it called again? Um, by John Krakauer. And, oh, uh, yes, my guy. I love his, yeah. I love his writing, I, I, uh, you know, his books and everything. And he wrote a book about um, 
a murder in the Mormon community yeah. by fundamentalists. In the Mor- I forget the name of it. Under, the shadow, under the shadow of heaven. That is, or, the ba- that's or the banner of heaven. Banner of heaven, under shadow, the, something ba- like that. Under yeah. the banner yeah. of heaven. Yeah. Under the banner of heaven. And um, I thought that was, uh, that was just phenomenal. Yeah. And it showed how religion starts and how fundamentalism starts. And I really found it fascinating. I love to see the. I, I heard Sean Penn got the rights to do a movie out of it. And, uh, and then I saw those, those books. And uh, I saw a documentary then a number of years ago, Deliver Us From Evil by a, a great female. Uh, I think she's Australian director. And um, that was uh, about the abuse in the Catholic Church, an Irish priest coming to America and how he abused so many young children was horrific, horrific. And how the hierarchy in the church was very much culpable and tried to deny it or pay people off. And having grown up in in Catholic Ireland and seeing the damage it can do to communities and everything, uh, I found that fascinating and, and it wanting me to tear down the cathedral downtown with Mahoney in it, you know. But, yes. uh, so that had a very visceral, uh, uh, left a very visceral taste in my mouth when I heard that. You know. I've got two that I would recommend for you. Do, do you read historical fiction? I, I uh, Not too much, but I would. If you recommend okay. them, I'll read them if it's well, a good I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you, in fact. I'm gonna send you, it's my all-time favorite book. It's called The Nightingale. It's about two sisters during World War II occupied France and one sister's kind of by the book, the Nazis show up and she's like, we got to do everything that they tell us to do. And the other sister's yeah. like, the hell with these guys. Let's do it. You know, let's, let's fight back. So it's the two stories between them. It's, it's a novel, but it is just absolutely brilliant. Being made into a movie right now, I think the, I think the Fanning sisters, Dakota Fanning and her sister are in it. I'll send, and there's like, the other one that is a nonfiction one by another great, gosh, and I'm blanking his name, but it's called The Splendid and the Vile, which was, it's about Churchill during World War II but they also talk about Germany. So you get both, you get both sides of it during the book. And it is, it's by Eric Larson and another fantastic nonfiction writer. Those are my two that I would recommend. For. Oh, I'll definitely look them up. Yeah, because that, it reminds me, I, I did a play with, uh, uh, a play was written for myself and this actor, Conleth Hill, a number of years ago called Stones in His Pockets. And it was a big success in Broadway. And I didn't do it in Broadway. I was off doing gallivanting, doing something else. But um, uh, but I remember talking to him and talking about Northern Ireland. I'd been up there doing plays a bunch of times. And, you know, there were two types of Catholics there somewhat. There were the Catholics that, because they were treated as second-class citizens there in the 60s. And because civil rights, they, they revolted against that by, you know, by the Protestant majority up there. And uh, there were two types of, just like you say about the Nightingale, um, there were two types of Catholics. The Catholics that just kept their head down, minded their own business, did their jobs, were okay with being not treated equally and just making the most out of their lives to feed their families. I totally understand it. Yeah. And then there's the other side of the other Catholics who said, no, fuck this shit. We're mm-hmm. going to fight and we're going to, we're going to do something about it. So, um, yeah, there's, and I can see justification in the two sides. You know, if you have a family, you know, you have a lot to lose. So, um, you're right. There's uh, no correct answer on what to do, which is, makes it even more enthralling. Very much so. And I, I did a movie, Hell Hath No Fury, uh, with uh, Nina Bergman. And she played a French girl who was with the resistance, but had a relationship with, uh, with uh, a German officer. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you're never sure why. 
did she do it to assassinate him or was there really a bit of love or attraction there a bit like the great david lean movie ryan's daughter that deals with the same thing in ireland you know so there's so much stuff out there to learn and to read i know another one i read recently about the troubles it was called say nothing and i learned so much about that but i also learned that there were also these major protests and major corruption in the 70s in South America that they actually tied it to and they compared it to. And I didn't know anything about this. It's, there's just so much out there. Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, um, even Reagan, like I, I posted a thing. I don't usually do anything political, like because just to be on the safe side, yeah, yeah. in case people just peg you, oh, he's, he's this or he's that. But um, uh, I, I posted a thing up about Reagan telling a joke about Russia. And it was quite funny, the joke actually, right? So, uh, but my wife was telling me, and it got a lot of hits and all that. And, but I mean, so there's Ronald Reagan. He can tell a very good joke, right? And uh, he has friends and he has a wife and they all love him. And yet he financed the right-wing junctas down in, in South America that massacred people in El Salvador and Argentina and, and, and Guatemala. And yeah. I mean, the heart, the raping nuns and pre, I mean, the liberation type theology, those great priests, those Jesuits who tried to help the poor and the bishops were against them. I mean, the, the atrocities committed down there were atrocious. So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a man up there smiling, telling a good joke, and yet he's financing these barbaric butchers down in South America. So. Yeah, and when I heard about that, it's like, how, how did I not know about this? Like, <laughs> in all my life, these atrocities. It's, but lots of content, lots more to read, and that's, I know that you and I love that stuff. I'm going to the bookstore. I'm going to pick up the Nightingale for you, and I'll send it to you as my, as my thank you. You're the best. I love doing the interview. Thanks very much. <laughs> Before I let you go, I got to know about some travel. I know you love travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you can talk as long as you want. I'm yeah, yeah. Which of the locations? Doesn't even have to be related to your career. Just places you visited and you wake up and you're like, damn, that was a great day. I need to go back. I'd say one of the, the best, the, one of the most cool things I did was a person bought me one time uh, a book saying the 100 things you should do before you die. And one of them was to ride a horse through Canyon the Shade with a Navajo guide, right? Ooh. So I was shooting in New Mexico. I think I might have been doing MacGruber at the time, or I might have been doing Appaloosa or MacGruber. I think one of those anyway. And I had a few days off, and I, I went off horseback riding through Canyon de Shea with a Navajo guide, and that was freaking awesome. Like, that was amazing, you know? Mine is very similar to yours. If someone was to ask me that question, a year ago when I was releasing my second book, I'm like, I got to do something cool to celebrate the book. So I was in Egypt, oh, and yeah. I, I, I rode a horse, galloped a horse on the Sahara right in front of the pyramids. Scariest thing I've ever done because the saddle has no horn. The Egyptian saddle, you see, there's nothing to hold on to. You just got to yeah. use your legs. Terrified, oh. terrified, but it was the coolest thing I've ever done, and I was so thankful to have something like that for the book, and it was, it was perfect. That's amazing. Sometimes you got to give yourself a little fright, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Scared out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, moments now of getting up in the morning, early morning and at dawn in Ireland with my father when I was a kid and, or a teenager and uh, going salmon fishing with him out to, uh, you know, under Ballymalis Castle. It's an old Norman castle and we would fish there, you know, in the early morning for salmon, you know, and uh, those, those moments are irreplaceable, really. And I'm nearly coming to tears talking about it, but uh, 
uh, you know, things like that. And I mean, I, I was hitchhiking around France one time and uh, we were exhausted on the road and a, a flower seller from Toulon picked us up and brought us into his house and made, he brought us, gave us uh, a meal and coffee and brought us to the bar and had a beer afterwards. And then we were in San Sebastian another time. That was amazing. I mean, I've, I've traveled obviously. So, uh, yeah, and Montana and New Mexico, uh, you know, all these things are great, you know. And going to, then going, traveling with my wife and, and the kids uh, on a jaunting car through, uh, through the Gap of Dunlows. It was uh, an amazing experience, you know. Same question, but food and drink you still think about? Food and drink I still think about. Oh, um, I always love tequila and uh, whiskey, of course. I mean... Uh, I I, uh, I I I work do some work for this brand McConnell's Irish whiskey yeah. and uh, you know that's always good fun. Uh, but I love I love uh, you know single malt whiskey or even a Scotch or, or you know uh, and uh, there's nothing like having like a single malt Scotch by by the fireside in Ireland in the winter you know or uh, you know I'd be coming back from my fishing with my father as I said and we'd stop at this bar Larkins in in, uh, in Middle Street and uh, and he'd have a small one which is a, a, a one shot of whiskey you know uh, a Powers with a bit of water and then a pint of uh, Guinness or, or Heineken and those moments and those the, those things are amazing as far as food I remember I used to have a wild St. Patrick's Day party here for years and uh, I used to always cook uh, um, Irish stew for that and everybody seemed to love the Irish stew so um, uh, but you have to you, it'd be just boiling all day on the stove all day so that meat would be the lamb would be falling off the bone or whatever at the end of it you know? I tell you I recently switched from drinking beer to just drinking single malt whiskey and yeah. I love it I love it the hangovers are less there's less hangovers because you you're drinking water as you're doing it um, yeah yeah I'm more yeah. of like a McAllen and Glenn Levitt those are the two I've been going to but I'm gonna, I gotta try McConnell I'm gonna go McConnell I gotta go you should definitely if you send me if you send me where do you locate it anyway Phoenix Arizona okay I'll send you uh, a bottle of uh, a bottle of um, whiskey a bottle of McConnell's just send me your uh, your address email and telephone number I need I'll send you books and you send me whiskey. Is there, is there ever been a better bartering system than that? <laughs> what a great trade. And it's so Irish. Imagine books for whiskey. Like, I mean, you can, it's, it's called the Island of Saints and Scholars. And whiskey, the Gaelic for whiskey, is Ishkabaha, which means the water of life. You know, So it's a great trade. Saints and Scholars, you and I, this is perfect. What's coming up on the screen for 2022? How can we get out there and see you? What do we got coming up? The things coming up now would be Apophenia, which I did with uh, Darren Barnett. He's, he's uh, an up-and-coming rising actor at the moment. I think he's a show on Netflix. It's, it's one of the big hits on Netflix. Um, uh, so I did a movie with him, and, and uh, the feedback seems to be, you know, well, from the directors and people involved, they're very excited about it. And, um, and then I did that Western, uh, The Redeemer, in uh, Montana with a director called Miles Classy. And... Uh, we're hoping good things for that. And then after that, Miles might be doing something else, uh, maybe in Morocco, that I might be doing with him. So we'll, we'll see. Right now, uh, I think I'm going to be doing SWAT next month. And uh, so I'll be out in that as well. And just, you know, 
like most actors out there looking for the next job, you know. So. Morocco, that's another great horse place too. I know, yes. So I might try what you're doing and uh, gallop with the Berbers up in the mountains or something. Uh, well, I, I'm looking forward to the pictures. Yeah, I mean, we could talk for friggin' centuries <laughs> yeah. uh, about what stories and everything, but uh, yeah, I would just like to, to meet up my brother in Portugal and go marlin fishing. That's what I would like to do next. Now, you know? Oof. I have never done marlin fishing. I've just done salmon in Alaska, but I haven't done the marlins yet. Well, I haven't. I have done salmon, but not salmon in Alaska, but I have been to Alaska, yeah. Have you been to Iceland? I haven't, and I would love to go, but oh. I have been up to the Arctic Circle, up by Baffin Island there in a place called Iqaluit or something. I think Iqaluit it was called, and uh, I remember getting off the, and that was fascinating uh, with, the, with the Inuit and all that. But um, I remember getting off in the small little airport, and there's a big sign, because there's a kind of mining town as well there, and it's... Uh, it said, beware of gonorrhea. <laughs> so I said, oh my God, you know, so in the little airport. I've never seen that before. You know, you know Iceland is a, it's a great family place as well. So you can take, yeah. take your wife and kids. The outdoors are unimpeachable. It's really brilliant. I highly recommend that. Iceland, it's, it's, it, it's a place I, when I see pictures of it, would be right up my alley, actually the same. Yeah, yeah. With guests of the show, they always inspire me to do different things, and it's really augmented my life in so many ways. But some of the coolest people that I've met are scuba divers. So I recently got scuba diving certified just because of all the people I've met. So now I'm trying to find places to travel in which scuba. Have you ever done any of that? I've never done scuba diving. No, actually. Um, no, I've done snorkeling, but never okay. scuba diving. Um, I was out and filming in the Turks Caicos many years ago, but it, somebody said it's famous for, for scuba diving as well. Um, I would, uh, yeah, I... I the things I would look forward to is doing really cool movies someplace or going off on adventures. Like, you know, there's a great Irish explorer. He was with Shackleton in the Antarctic back in the, you know, the turn of the century, Tom Crean. And uh, you should look him up, actually, Unsung Heroes, another very good book. And it tells about his journey from a small little village in, in Kerry, where I'm from, to going to these amazing... He was with Scott. When, when all Scott's party died, when Amundsen was the first guy to go to the South Pole and all. It's like Arctic exploration. So to do a movie about his life would be amazing, I think. You know? Yeah, you talk about like being against the wilderness. There might, that might be the pinnacle of it. Oh, it's the pinnacle. And I mean, he, what he did, he was such a phenomenal man. And then he died of appendicitis back in Ireland when he came back, you know. But there's a pub, there's a small pub in West Kerry near very close to my town called the South Pole Inn, and it's, uh, he's some of his artifacts there. I know you and I could chat forever, but I don't want to keep you, but I will hold questions for the next time we chat, because there will be a next time. I know you and I will chat again. We'll have to chat again, because I'll have to hear your thoughts on the book. Oh, for sure. I, I will read the <laughs> book, and you can call me. And I, would, I always love talking to you anyway. That would be great, yeah. Let's do it. This was just absolutely made my day. This has been one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I'm going to pick up a couple books for you, and I look forward to whiskey. And um, You made my day. This was absolutely brilliant. All right, brother. Same here. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Wasn't he fantastic? Keep an eye open on one of his many projects coming up, including SWAT. Go back and watch him on Sons of Anarchy, Westworld, or True Detective. Such a creative talent. Be sure to give him a follow on Instagram as well. And pick up a bottle of McConnell whiskey while you're at it. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>